grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. It would seem that the country is obsessed with maths. And one of the buzzwords that is kicking around, particularly in this series, is the term gaslighting. Well, what exactly is gaslighting? Is it just lying to somebody? Is it really sinister and psychopathic? Well, tonight Luke and I are going to investigate exactly what gaslighting is, how it shows up and why it might be happening in your relationship. Jasmine is also along to talk about painful sex and the things that you can do as a vagina owner if this is something that resonates with you. We've got a lot to dive into tonight on After Dark, so let's get started. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. It's always a good night when I welcome Luke Skews to the show and always fascinating topics to talk about. Tonight is absolutely no exception. Luke, welcome back to After Dark. Thank you so much. It's been a little break and it's so lovely to be back with you. You missed me, didn't you? I did. Well, look. Did I say are. that too sexy? You did, but look, um, I'm not blushing at all. So <laughs> behave yourself. We haven't got into it yet. Now, um, tonight we're going to be what talking. Are we get, what are we getting into? Listen, you just need to simmer down, sunshine. That okay. is not for public okay. consumption. All right, I'll behave. Okay, I, we've talked about this. No airing our yes, dirty laundry. So... <laughs> So, tonight we're talking about something that the word has been used a lot more readily than, say, it was five years ago. And Mm. it's certainly come into vernacular a lot after the last season of a show that we both don't watch because that would be like emotional cutting, which is Mm. maths. Maths. Oh, my God. It's like a how not to, isn't it? We might have just lost half of your listeners because I feel like half of the world's lost its mind and is obsessed with maths, but it gives me the ickies. Oh, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it, honestly. It's just, it honestly is the Bible on what to avoid. I mean, I guess, look, if you needed to sort of, you know, get that very clear in your head of what you don't want. If you can't work that out mm-hmm. yourself, watch that. Um, but, you know, if you're a little bit enlightened, you have an idea of who you are, of what you're looking for, and you're into healthy relationships, probably not the material to be consuming. Probably, probably not. However, like I'm blessed with um, perspective, so some of the benefits that I can see of it is that they, from what I'm told, they do have relationship, and I'm using quotation marks, experts to um, commentate what's going on. So I guess there is some conversations going on around Australia at the moment about relationship dynamics, about some of the things that happen when relationships are in turmoil or in conflict. And one of the things that 
has been coming up a lot lately is the term gaslighting. And gaslighting has been coming up before maths. Um, you know, we were saying before we recorded that maybe five years ago, it just wasn't a term that was used very much. However, it's being used a lot, possibly too much. Mm. The term gaslighting gets thrown around or thrown at people a lot, like you're gaslighting me. Um, and I thought it would be a really interesting conversation to have with you to piece apart what gaslighting is and some of the ways to deal with gaslighting. Mm. So I guess the origins go back to a, a movie that I think was released in the 60s called Gaslight and it was about a husband who really wanted to mess with his wife's head. So there used to be mm. gas lights in the house and he would turn them down deliberately or make them flicker and she would say, oh, there's something wrong with the gas lights and he'd go, no, there's not. That's all in your head. And he mm -hmm. actually made her question her reality um, through this movie, which is where the term gaslighting came from. So what I'm really interested to know is we do throw – like I have heard the term thrown out a lot. So what mm. constitutes gaslighting as opposed to a difference of opinion? Because I think they're two different things. Yeah, they are two different things. Um, gaslighting – mostly comes from when you manipulate somebody um, using like psychological or communication methods into questioning their own sanity mm. or their own power of reasoning. Yeah. Um, so like basically it comes from um, an avoidant behavior, mm -hmm. avoiding being able to witness strong emotions or feelings yep. and taking them overly personally. And then using your communication or manipulation or psychological skills to turn that back around on the person that is expressing those feelings, emotions, or experiences into making them question their reality. Mm. So give me a working example of that. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, so do you want to gaslight me or do you want me to gaslight you? You can gaslight me. Okay. All right. All right. Come up with uh, come up with some facetious uh, event that you've felt heavy emotions about. Something that that I've done. Okay, Luke. Um, you know, I really feel like we had a big argument the other night, and you told me that you didn't love me, and I, you know. I'm absolutely devastated by that. I just don't know what to do with that information. And, um, you know, I'm I'm feeling really discombobulated by the whole thing. Mm. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Because, in, well, in the past you've had a bit of a bad memory about these things. Um, and I don't know if you remember, like, last week, but something similar came up. And when we really delved into it, it, it didn't even happen like that. So, I think you might be forgetting what really happened. I'm not forgetting. I heard. I heard those words. I heard those words. That's that's what I remember. Are you? Maybe I didn't. I, I don't. I don't actually remember saying that. What I think I said was something very, very different from that. And I think that you might have like overthought this a little bit too much. So, I, yeah, I think you're like acting a little bit crazy, Louise. Okay. All right. Well, maybe maybe I heard it wrong, or maybe I maybe I misheard you. But I, I 
you know, I, I really thought that I did and it really hurt me. Well, you know me, babe, like I, I never do things to hurt people. You know, I love you so much. I would never, ever do that. I can't, and actually, you know what? I'm hurt now thinking that you would actually believe me of saying something like that or doing something like that. Like, to be honest, I don't Yeah. Now I'm really hurt. I can't believe you would think that of me. Oh, look, can I just say, we didn't rehearse that. And that was absolutely perfect role playing. High five. High five. Yeah. So yeah. if anyone was listening to that, basically it's a way when somebody expresses a feeling or an opinion or an experience of an event or something of the likes and the person hearing it can't handle the process of just hearing, witnessing and validating that. And because it becomes so personal, they need to turn it back to in a means of protection. You know, it's not always coming from a means of evil. Like it seems very evil. It seems very manipulative. But people don't do things to other people. They do things for themselves. So mm-hmm. it's a means of survival. It's a survival mechanism that some people are very, very good at using their communication skills to turn things around and protect themselves. And other people are better at expressing themselves. But what's happened in society over the many, many moons is that this perception, this social perception of women or the feminine is that they're overly emotional and a little bit crazy when they are emotional. And society, we have developed this way of feeding that bias back to them to make them question their reality. And it goes both ways. It goes to the masculine and to the male as well. Don't get me wrong. But that tiny little bias that's in our head that maybe I am a little bit too much. Maybe I am a little bit too emotional. Maybe I am like overthinking this or crazy. Once that's fed back, our convincing strategies kick in and we start to think, fuck, maybe I did just make all that up. Right. And two very interesting questions that I have for you, for anyone Mm. who's listening to this. The first is, if you have listened to this and gone, oh, fuck, I am experiencing gaslighting or have experienced gaslighting, um, what what sort of thought processes should we have? And secondly, if you are a person who has listened to this and gone, oh, shit, I've done that, mm-hmm. where do you start? Okay, so twofold tact with this. And keep me on time, Louise, because you know I love to talk. It's all good. Um, I, I am so invested in this discussion, it's not even funny. You go for gold. Okay, so what I'll say right now, pre-frame this, the words that I might say, right now might not work exactly word for word for you, but mix them up, sprinkle your own little salt and pepper on them and make them your own, make them work for you. So if you are the person trying to express yourself, that means that you're embodied in your emotions and you're finding the words to express them. That is a good trait to have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whenever somebody invalidates another person's experience or their expressions or their feelings, it is a paper cut to trust. Yes. A tr- paper cut to trust within the relationship. And for the person being invalidated, it's a paper cut to the trust that they have to themselves and to their voice. As soon as you express yourself and you get invalidated and cut down, you distrust yourself and your experience and you start to question your, question your reality. So when possible, 
when you find yourself or you suspect that you're being gaslighted, disengage, don't engage. You might even say words like, I'm just going to take a break from this and I'll realise that we're remembering things differently. Mm. Yeah? Um, I hear you and that isn't my experience. And I'm going to go and take a break. I'm stepping away from this conversation real quick. Yeah. Because this is not what I wanted. I didn't. I wasn't coming here to be invalidated. I was coming here to express myself. Um, if you continue to speak to me this in this way, I will continue to disengage until you're ready to hear me, and just hear me. I'm open to discussing a solution with you. I'm not open to debating my feelings or your experience. Yeah, or my experience. Yeah. Mm. So what really works, and I've talked about it in the past, is keep it simple. The facts, the feelings, and the needs. So you can say things like, all I want you to do, babe, is listen to me and repeat back what you've heard. This is what happened. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. This is what I need moving forwards. Can you hear that? Yeah, I don't need you to pick it apart. I don't need you to politicize it. I don't need you to, you know, pull it apart and find all of the reasons why. All I need you to hear is the what happens, what I'm feeling, and what I need moving forward. Can you do that? Yeah. Bang on. Absolutely bang mm-hmm. on. Um, because it's it's a loving boundary. You know, you haven't gone, you haven't gone, you know, you're trying to drive me crazy and I hate you and da 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 but you've just gone, no. This is how I this is my experience. I'm not mm-hmm. going to listen to someone trying to skew that for me. This is what I'm feeling and it's valid. Yeah. Yeah. Until you have the capacity to hear that, then I guess this conversation's not happening. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, and if you find yourself being the person who is the gaslighter, um, and I'm not trying to demonize that, to be honest, it is a protection mechanism. It's mm-hmm. something that we've learned through patterning, through behaviors, and through probably childhood upbringing um, from witnessing other people and um, from maybe not. Um, not feeling safe when being given feedback. We take it as criticism rather than feedback. At the end of the day, it's not a failure. It is feedback. You're being given a roadmap on how to connect with somebody better. Gaslighting happens at work. It happens with your friends. It happens with your partners. So this this is fuel for life. So if you do find yourself being, you know, quote, unquote, the gaslighter, it's cool. However, we now that we are aware of it, we can change it. Take a breath. So stop. Take a breath. Get yourself back into your body. Like really take a really conscious breath, like into your belly or into your chest. You know, give your hand a flick, something to really remind yourself. I'm out of my head and I'm into my body. My sole job here is to listen and validate and witness. So again, the facts, feelings, needs come in. You don't need to pick it apart, even if that's not your experience. You can just feed back what you've heard. Cool. So what we're talking about is that, you know, what happened and it sounds like you're feeling really, you know, X and you're asking for this. Is is that right? So it's active listening. Mm. You then have the, the option to say, wow, that really was not my experience at all. You know, if that's true for you, that wasn't my experience of that event. And hearing you, hearing your experience I can completely understand how fucking, you know, whatever the feeling was, how frustrating and like demoting, degrading, 
whatever sad that would have that you're now feeling mm. yeah and then you get to negotiate the needs part of things you know i think that what you're asking for is unreasonable what i propose is this or thank you for letting me know i can absolutely do that next time yeah or um you know what that's a really good idea but what i think would work really well is this what do you think mm. So you validate all your job in that situation is to validate and don't get me wrong, you're not bending over and asking for one. You're you're just witnessing, validating, and then negotiating. Yeah. And I but I really I really like how you framed it in terms of it doesn't necessarily need to be like have to be a manipulation on the on the part of the person who is gaslighting. It is more often than not a defense mechanism. However, mm. empathy comes in two parts. You can understand why that person is acting the way that they're acting because of the hurts that they may have experienced previous, mm. but also the boundary that you still don't deserve that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of psychology comes into this. If you are dating somebody or you're relating with somebody that does continue to um, maybe overly criticise you and that has forced you into a pattern of gaslighting, then that's also something that needs to be addressed as well. Mm. Somebody who is in relationship who is overly critical that's another problem that, you know, maybe we'll do an episode about in the future. Yeah. So if you do find yourself constantly taking hits, hit after hit after hit, and you're trying to work through a process of gaslighting, then this conflict cycle is something that does probably need to be worked through with a professional. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's a really interesting discussion that we've had and, um, look, I can't believe how well we pulled off our role-playing, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's completely off the cuff there, but, um, yeah, that was a fantastic example of how it can go down and uh, certainly something to think about uh, in your relationships. Uh, also, if you are on the dating scene and you're looking at um, things that, you need to maybe watch out for that might be one of them and um, self-awareness is always a key and uh, something that Luke is very good at making people kind of sit down and have a good look at themselves in a very gentle and loving way, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you can reach out to Luke on Instagram and send him a DM. He uh, is a fantastic coach for couples, for singles, whatever you need. And um, thanks so much for joining us once again on After Dark. Thank you. Bye. People often buy toys for Christmas, then complain because they don't come with batteries. But, but don't they know the new toys are USB chargeable? Flirt Adult Store. Find us on Facebook or 90 Beaumont Street. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's Conscious Sexuality. The lovely Jasmine is back with us for After Dark. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that I, I confess that I have a little bit of nostalgia about because this 
very topic was the reason why Jasmine and I connected in the first place and she has become an absolutely integral part of After Dark. But what we're going to talk about is something that women struggle with all the time and we don't talk about it. And Jasmine is absolutely passionate about bringing this conversation to the forefront. Jasmine, as always, lovely to have you on After Dark. Thanks, Louise. Love being here. It's always a lot of fun, isn't it? Look, it is. And uh, we've covered some pretty wide and varied topics over the time, haven't we? Uh, Yeah, we have. But this one is, I guess, the start of your journey into becoming, uh, you know, an intimacy coach. This was the start of your journey in terms of learning about your own body. Yes. That is correct. It really, this is what kicked off uh, this this journey into being an intimacy coach, talking about sex all the time and really breaking down and seeking out that information that wasn't available to myself. Um, and what that was is painful sex. Mm. And unfortunately, um, 70% of women are going to experience painful sex at some point in their life, and that is a huge statistic. It's absolutely massive, and I guess that there's some sort of, you know, when I guess young girls are are discovering about how the body works and the stories that they're told about, you know, losing their virginity, and I put that in air quotes, uh, Mm -hmm. or um, their first sexual experiences, I guess that it's a little bit of a scare tactic because a lot of the stories that they hear is this is going to hurt. So it's kind of an expectation right from back then. You have absolutely got that correct, Louise. That is one of the reasons why it does hurt because there's an expectation of pain. And so the narrative that sex might hurt for the first time or sex will hurt for the first time means that we're actually normalizing pain and sex should never hurt. Right. So if 70% of the female population are experiencing painful sex, the crack over the head here is it shouldn't be painful. So let, there's something going on if it is. So let's dive in. Um we experience pain, it could be a number of things, couldn't it? Yes, that's right. There are some core areas around why we might experience pain. We might be storing past trauma in the body. Mm. Uh, We might be storing stress and anxiety, and that's going to create, you know, protective mechanisms and tension within our physical body. Yeah. Um, So that's not just psychological. It's a real bodied experience that can be going on for us. And that can be one of the reasons why we experience painful sex because our body has a memory and our body wants to protect us. And so that can be one of the reasons, unfortunately, why we can be experiencing painful sex. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of, yeah, and I think like it is a real head game in, in that uh, sense, isn't it? Is that psychologically, um, you know, our body can be like, um, you know, tense up against it. Yes, exactly. Mm. And when it does tense up against it, then, you know, we react 
in in the, in a way that then makes us we want to feel safe. And so we, you know, like anything, if you cut yourself um, on your arm, but then you go and you repeat that action again, you're going to tense up and you're going to have a visceral reaction to be like, oh no, that hurt last time. Why would I? You know, I don't want to do that. Yeah, so that's sure. the same thing that happens with our bodies when we're having when we've got trauma that's stored in the body or we've got stress and anxiety stored in the body. That's the same reaction that occurs. And that's why when we need to um, prioritize and work on the psychological element of why is pain occurring and then what can we do to retrain the brain to not interpret sex as pain but as pleasure. Absolutely. Okay. So, all right, where does a woman start? We're experiencing painful sex and... and I know that you in particular have had uh, some great experiences with GPs and some not great experiences with GPs. Where should they start um, in trying yeah. to get to the bottom of where this is coming from, whether it is actually uh, something that is, uh, you know, physically needs to be attended to, whether it's psychological um, and, and how these things can work together? Yeah, that's right. Identifying the cause of why you're experiencing painful sex is quite critical. Mm. So whether it's the trauma um, aspect that is causing you painful sex, whether it's, you know, you've had just a negative sex education, so there's shame and disconnection and you're afraid of a sexual experience, or even if you might have a pelvic dysfunction. So, um, and that's a real physical reaction Mm. to why you might be experiencing painful sex. Endometriosis, for one, is a why people experience painful sex. So really understanding why you're having painful sex is core to this. And the way that I would recommend going about it is um, actually going to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist to identify what's happening with your pelvic floor because that's where the pain is occurring and they're going to be able to guide you on what's happening in that area. Yeah. And I still remember going back to that uh, very first conversation that we had. Before that, uh, and I've learned a lot over the time I've been doing After Dark, (laughs) but I didn't know that there was such a thing as a pelvic floor physiotherapist, which in your own journey was absolutely critical to you. And I'm sure that people listening to this, uh, a lot of them would go, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, that's right. We have specialists for everything. And just like we have specialists, you know, for our brains and our bodies, we've got specialists for our pelvic floors as well, which is absolutely incredible because our pelvic floor is actually really incredible. It's this whole area in our body that is uh, created with muscle and bone and it's just a work of art really. Mm. And it's really important that we go into the specialist. So in this instance, it's a pelvic floor physiotherapist who is trained specifically in this region to be able to read your pelvic floor, to feel the tone, to assess if there's any um, tension that's being held. And you're going to be able to find a lot of answers by seeing a pelvic floor physio. Yeah, because I guess that, uh, you know, the the go-to would be, oh, I'll go to a gynecologist. Um, which is, you know, has its own um, benefits and skill sets. But uh, a pelvic floor physiotherapist makes so much sense because they know what they're looking for. 
in terms of, um, as you say, the tone, like what's going on, um, you know, they, they're probably a little bit more tapped in than, um, than a gynecologist in that instance, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that, Louise. That's definitely my opinion on that. Mm. I think that a pelvic floor is um, a lot more um, specific to what you're after, whereas a gynecologist, they have their uh, benefits, absolutely, but I believe in this instance because a lot of painful sex occurs within the pelvic floor, then you're going to be able to find uh, deeper answers that you're looking for. And you, a gynecologist, I'm not saying they're not going to be helpful, but they might then just point you to a pelvic floor physiotherapist. So sort of saving some money there and just going straight to a pelvic floor physio in the, in the get-go. So not only on After Dark do we give you uh, sex advice, also budget advice, because... <laughs> Absolutely, in this economy. Oh, my God. I mean, and, you know, sex is more important than anything else because nobody could afford a movie date anymore. You know, we've got to, you know, we've got to get this this free stuff right, Jasmine. (laughs) The cheapest date you can have, sex at home. (laughs) (laughs) Love that for us. Love it. (laughs) Now, I guess... um, you know, people who do experience painful sex, it really isn't talked about, is it? And there's so much uh, mystery around it because we don't talk about it. And, you know, I guess that this would give people who are experiencing painful sex and the and the statistics tell us that that is in the majority of vagina owners some mm. comfort to know that there are options available and this is not uh, – something that they just have to put up with and shut up. A hundred percent, Louise. This is absolutely curable. There is no reason um, why you should be putting up with experiencing painful sex. And so I definitely recommend if you are experiencing painful sex to go and seek support with a pelvic floor physio um, and even then work with someone like myself around mm. the psychological element of the effects of painful sex that it can have on your perspective of sex, on your perspective of your body, on your perspective of pleasure. That can also really um, affect how you are experiencing that too. So, you know, work on the psychological element. That is definitely an area that I love supporting women or our vulva owners with to help them find freedom in their body again and to find pleasure in their body again. Absolutely. And having walked this this path yourself, there really is no one better that you could reach out to uh, than Jasmine. And her whole story is on her Instagram at Conscious Sexuality. She does offer one-on-one coaching and a whole range of different resources, group coaching, some workshops. There's always stuff happening. Uh, make sure that you give Jasmine's page a follow to stay up to date with all of that. Jasmine, thank you for sharing with us once again on After Dark. Thanks, Louise. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Absolutely fascinating discussions with Luke Skews and Jasmine Carmen tonight on After Dark. We really hope that you've got some insight into relational health and also sexual health out of tonight's episode. I'll be back same bat time, same bat channel next Tuesday night at 5pm 
I'm Louise Wilkinson and you've been listening to After Dark on Newcastle Live.